Welcome to the News Grubs podcast, a new and refreshing news format presented by the one and only Scotto, AP and The Fish. Hi everyone, welcome to the News Grubs podcast. It gives you something to think about. I'm Scotto and as usual, AP and The Fish are joining me. Hi guys. Hey, good night, Scotto. Uh, today we're digging into the 1980s technology and how it could save the planet. Mm. Uh, what's a Pfizer boob job? idea but we'll find out what's happening to the icon of australia of course that's be the koala uh, and what happened 43 years ago that's now been rectified hmm. but first why are the pentagon talking to big business and what's that all about ap scotto the united states has a lot of catching up to do very quickly oh yeah u.s space force general david thompson Space After the hypersonic weapons, yes, hypersonic weapons tests by China and Russia surprised the U.S. national security officials. <laughs> so they've uh, evidently uh, dropped their pants and revealed that they don't really have a hypersonic program uh, oh. in the sense that they've got nothing to light uh, to light a fire under. Fishy. Hang, on, hang on a minute. Wait a minute. Why are they broadcasting this problem to the world? So the world knows where their weakness is, their Achilles heel. Well, they always do that. Interestingly enough, um, I don't know whether you know this or not, but they actually were uh, developing hypersonic technology back in the 1960s uh, in America. And bizarrely, uh, they had a couple of tests way back then, way before anyone else had even thought about it. But Uh in the usual manner uh, within the United States military, the first test obviously was a dud. And, you know, let's face it, the first ones usually are. The second one was a dud, so guess what they did? No. Cancelled it. No, but oh. we're not going to do that anymore. And there's probably warehouses full of hardware. Oh, bound to be. Uh, but, of course, now that the, the Ruskies, Vlad and uh, Winnie the Pooh, um, Xi Jinping, has um, leapt into the forefront, uh, the Americans are going, Oh, my God, we're way behind on the whole system. It reminds me of the space race. Yeah. Um, when uh, Yuri Gagarin and the Russians zoomed into space uh, in 1957, I think it was, um, and the Americans just nearly wet their pants and they started the, the whole rushing of the space program. Well, the first whole bunch of that went, boof, bang, and yeah. blew up left, right and centre. Yeah. So it's the same kind of a thing with the, the hypersonic uh, missile uh, well, thing. Scotto, the Pentagon have called a meeting. Mm-hmm. Of all the major players involved in the aerospace industry. And there's some big names in there. All the usual suspects are there. And uh, they're going to uh, deliver some framing remarks. Can you imagine what that would be? A framing remark? Some guy, some five-star general with all the, uh, like, um, remember Kenny Everett? When yes. He used to dress up as a general and the uh, oh, yeah. all bars and boards <laughs> yes. used to go off about one foot off, off his yeah. left side. Some guy's going to get up there and say, you people need to get you, pull your goddamn fingers out, fix this. They're, they're with the framing remarks. Get on with it. And then they're going to uh, hand it over to the rest of them to make some progress in this area where apparently America is sadly lacking. Oh, massively lacking. Absolutely massively lacking. But when you look what at it... What if it's a decoy? What if, it, what if it's, they're just saying that and they're actually yeah, 20, 30 years ahead of everyone else? I'm going to say they're probably not. Again, I'm going to refer us back to history and the bomber gap. 
which occurred in uh, the early, late 50s, early 60s, because um, in um, Red Square in Moscow, you know how they have that big military parade every year? Uh-huh. They flew a, a bunch of um, late model, really flash-looking bombers uh, across there for one May Day parade right. all those years ago. And the Americans were just, oh my God! We are so far behind. But it turned out, though, that the, the Russians were just going around in circles, so it looked like they had way more than they ever did. <laughs> uh, so you've got to wonder whether um, that's the same thing. But I've and, got to say... And, yep. and the bombers were all clapped out 30-year, 40-year-old ones with just new fiberglass wings on them. Pretty much something along those yeah. lines. But you've got to admit, though, that uh, I'm just looking at the um, the names in the, that they're uh, bringing to this meeting. Lockheed, Lockheed Martin, Raython, uh, Technology, Northrop, Northrop Grumming, Boeing, um, and everyone else. And these the are the people. Suspect. Oh, yeah, but these are the people that, um, like, especially at Northrop Grumman, they had the thing called the Skunk Works, which gave us the U 2, the SR 71, a variety of other military technology that no one even knew about, not even the, the bosses of Grumman. That was the whole point of being in the Skunk Works. And all of a sudden, they just roll this thing out and show it to the, um, the, the big brass generally types and go, Look what we've just made. They go, ooh. Robin also made the um, uh, Lunar Lander. Correct. Along with Lockheed Martin and being involved and uh, McDonnell Douglas as it was in those days. Because you always used to see it on the back of the... Remember when they'd go up their thing and they'd get into the... Get ready to get into the capsules? And it'd always yeah. have McDonnell Douglas or Boeing on the backs of their um, white... Uh, Who would think Mc- McDonnell Douglas can go from hamburgers to aircraft? Wrong McDonald's, you idiot. Oh. <laughs> Now, guys, everyone in uh, our time has driven what we call an internal combustion engine car, ICE. Well, except these new people that are driving Teslas and electric stuff and all that stuff, but we're not interested in that. Now, that's, in fairness, 100-year-old technology, isn't it? Old Daimler-Benz started it off all those years ago, blah, 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 blah. Well, it turns out that in the 1980s, they had some technology that is being looked at again and could therefore save, more or less, the internal combustion engine. Because That's the right. biggest problem with um, with that sort of thing, uh, there's, there's only so much you can do with it. They've, they've improved the fuel to the Jesus, so that's a vast improvement. So that's that's all good and all settled down. Um, so that's you know, helping the, um, the efficiency a little bit better. Um, their um, the, the weight of the engine and all that sort of stuff that's yeah, all been improved a fair bit and so on and so made forth. it quieter exactly so there's really only one thing left to do because to get an internal combustion engine to go you need fuel air fire the big fuel air fire f a f faf i had to think about that for a second you need FAF to make your ice work well. Exactly. Uh, and so, uh, and it has to be in a very specific ratio. I don't want to get too technical for you, but basically... Oh, no, no, go on. Basically, the, um, <laughs> the stisometric metric, uh, mixture is uh, ideal at 14.7 uh, to 1. That is uh, a ratio of 14.7 grams of air to 1 gram of fuel. Now, as I say, I didn't want to get too technical for you. No, that's Because okay. that would have confused everyone. Now, if you can confuse the morons. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We don't want to do that. Now, if you can, if you can make that mixture a little bit leaner, i.e., more air, 
to the same amount of fuel, then it's going yeah. to be a much more efficient engine. What, turbocharging? Something like that. Well, of course, the big letdown in the whole thing is the spark plug. A, you know, a bit of old technology from 100 oh, yeah. years ago. Okay. It creates yeah. the little fire as part of yeah. your faff. Boom, there goes your explosion, which causes the uh, engine to run. But it turns out that if you could uh, do it as a, um, a transient plasma, uh, and now I'm getting technical, <laughs> showing how smart I am. Actually, I just read that. Um, it burns uh, in a much hotter and better way, but it'll also, because it's not technically just a spark, but it'll allow the mixture to be leaned out to the bejesus and therefore would um, give the efficiency of the engine an enormous boost. If, if the morons are having a better difficulty at this point, just switch off for 10 minutes. Oh, I can I can jump in. The, if you'd like to fix that, uh, AP, and make it more for the moron. Yes. the Basically. Yes. I mean, how, I don't know how I could be in any more basic, frankly. The single spark. Uh, of the compressed 14.7 to 1 ratio, your stoichiometric ratio that you correctly mentioned before. Oh, thank you very much. You've got to wait for the uh, substance to ignite, mm-hmm. and you've got to wait for that flame. Mm-hmm. And uh, a flame's a flame. It's like an open fireplace. Well, it's you know, part of the faff, it. isn't it? That's right. <laughs> a transient plasma arc ignites almost all of the gas instantaneously, and you don't need to wait for the subsidence of the flame before another event mm-hmm. can take place. So it's very efficient. It ignites all of the gas virtually by uh, transfer through the atoms rather than the flame. Gee, I'm glad you uh, made it for the moron as opposed to my technical <laughs> so, so, so basically every uh, fraction of the second saved is uh, a big deal. Basically. All right. Well, it can produce a spark more quickly again and yeah. it burns... Well, you wouldn't have to uh, worry about VW uh, falsifying their no. stuff anymore because the engines will become so efficient yeah. uh, that it would uh, give the uh, smartest scientist at VW uh, seeking to circumvent procedure a big headache trying to falsify it. Indeed. It's so, so clean burn. So cars uh-huh. will be uh, more economical. Well, they'd be about 20% increase in efficiency of the vehicle and, more importantly, um, decreasing harmful emissions, and let's go for nitrous oxide, um, by 50%. 50%? Ooh. That's a massive amount. Yes. So instead of um, all these people running off to um, uh, buy electric cars and go, oh, I'm saving the planet by driving a you know, Toyota Prius, God, um, they can stay with the big V8, but it'll be uh, efficient and everyone would be happy. I'd be thrilled to bits if I could keep my V8 uh, with a bit of uh, transient plasma spark happening, I'd be thrilled to bits. So is this no. technology available now actually to install in your car? No. 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 Uh, there's, uh, the article hints that there are patent owners from the 1980s, mm-hmm. and I, w- I would think that the patents would need to be purchased. I would have thought so. And developed upon. Uh, or you'd need some really clever guy to vary it enough. But so, TPS. Uh, uh, that's Transient Plasma Systems Inc. Uh, yes. uh, is claiming to uh, be working with manufacturers to integrate its ignition technology into production engines. Why do you think it was kept a secret so long? Because oh, everyone was too busy thinking, uh, why don't we just invent uh, or create electric cars and get rid of it? Because it's fossil fuel, Fishy. That's the problem. Fossil fuel. It's got to go. 
I don't know who owns uh, the uh, transient plasma systems. Could it be Shell or Mobile? Could well be. You'd like oh, to think. Or the United Arab Emirates or Saudi Sorry. Arabia. Aramco, perhaps. Didn't uh, the uh, oil companies at some point, or was it the oil companies or the car, some of the, uh, the car companies buy the electric cars of the day? Yes. Yes. And basically uh, put them in mothballs? Yes. Yeah, the, um, the oil companies. Yeah. yeah. Oil they companies. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've got a fairly big investment. Uh, and sure, peak oil's been, you know, found and we're on the decline and all that sort of stuff. But i got to say, I, I'm just, I'm seeing that you're going to be driving uh, uh, an ICE, internal combustion engine vehicle, for a little bit longer yet. I think so. I, yeah. I, I'm, that's my guess. I, I don't think we're going to be, especially in this country. I mean, they're trying to get you to do it, but you can't drive across the Nullarbor Plain with a bloody 5,000 kilometre um, extension cable paper out the back of yeah, your Yeah, look, I mean, there are some cars like a Bugatti Veyron and maybe a Mustang mm-hmm. and some other muscle cars. Mm-hmm. It, it is demeaning yes. to put an electric engine in these things. That's true. I'm, I'm with you. But they will, of course, because that's the world that we've got to move towards to save the planet. And I, I think it's that's that's important. The planet needs to be saved. Sure, we're all going to be bored to tears and it's going to be stuffed anyway from something else, but at least it'll be clean. Scotto, the conservationist. It's a brave new world, listen. It is a brave new world. Who would have thought I'd be a conservationist? Now, uh, who has been uh, double vaxxed? I've been triple. Oh, so, Haven't wow. you been tripled? Nah, I'm not oh, eligible yet. Not going into a room with you about in the near about future. Two weeks or something. Oh. But uh, women who have had the Pfizer vaccine, and we've got uh, in Australia, I believe, three vaccine brands to pick from. Oh, probably more by now. Okay. Uh, well, thousand. the approved ones are AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Moderna. Yes. Thus far. Yeah, well, I don't think we've but, got the Russian one or the Chinese one or the Brazilian one. No, no. But women who have had the Pfizer, and I'm going to emphasise it, mm-hmm. Pfizer vaccine mm-hmm. are reporting an unexpected side effect, claiming mm-hmm. their bosoms have grown. All right. Bigger. Okay. Bigger okay. After having the jab. Oh. Yeah. And we're talking about when I say jab, when I mean say jab, I mean the vaccine. The Pfizer vaccine. The Pfizer. The Pfizer vaccine. Yeah. Pfizer's one of uh, many vaccines currently being uh, rolled out across Australia, as we uh, all know, against COVID-19. And a common side effect from COVID-19 vaccines includes things like uh, pain at the injection point there. A couple of heads. Uh, headaches. A uh, bit of fatigue. A second head. Uh, flu-like symptoms. Yes. That sort of thing. Yeah. Sore arm. But bigger breasts? I'm just looking here. Social media has exploded with reports stating their breasts have got bigger. Many wondering if they're imagining the symptoms. I feel like my boobs got bigger because of uh, Pfizer, or am I just hallucinating? One wrote on Twitter. Well, if they're spilling out of your bra, how can you be hallucinating? Well, you would wonder. Well, it turns out that it could actually be true because uh, it's something to do with the lymph nodes. Yes. Um, yes. I don't, un- I mean, I sort of semi-understand what that is all about, but um, I, I would defer to our uh, resident medical expert, uh, AP. Uh, perhaps you might like to uh, explain a bit more about lymph nodes and, and that sort of thing, uh, assuming uh, lymph- you know. Lymph nodes are uh, 
uh, contained or lymph nodes in the chest uh, or the chestal region, as you said. The chestal just, region, okay. Um, and so swelling, if that is a subsequent uh, apparent growth in that area, it may not necessarily mean that the breast tissue has increased. Right. But the area is bigger. Right. So perception or, you know, look in the mirror or, as Fishy said, stuff it into the, uh, into the regulation uh, size uh, bra that fitted every other day. And you might notice that it's a tighter fit. I, I want mm-hmm. where the, uh, whether the retail uh, sector could uh, lend some uh, support or sort of proof in sales figures of braziers. Well, now, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to create uh, panic buying or anything like that, but <clears throat> do you remember uh, how Viagra came to be? Um, vaguely, be- but remind me. Because Viagra, first of all, uh, as we know it, the little blue pill I've never had one is a one. Pfizer, a Pfizer product. As is well. it? Oh. Yes, it is. Oh, that's interesting. Now, apparently, mm-hmm. if I've got my facts right, uh, it was originally uh, a medication for regulating high blood pressure. I seem to recall that's right. I believe. And the side effect was... Well, we know what it was. Yes. yes. One, yes. one maintained one's... Aroused status, I think, would be. Is the, uh, this the same thing? Well, it's certainly Is arousing my status. <laughs> I love how Fishy's willing to use the term stiffy on a news program. I know, unbelievable. Wouldn't use it anywhere else, well, but he's happy to use it here. <laughs> well, because, uh, you know, AP was talking about lymph nodes, I wanted to be technical. Too. Right, fair <laughs> enough. <Yeah. laughs> right, stiffy. Uh, now, in fairness, though, AP, don't you have lymph nodes in your neck, uh, under your arms, down in your groinal region, as opposed to just in the chestal region? Oh, yeah, several points in the body. So wouldn't you think that they all those lymph node areas would grow? Yeah, but the cosseting uh, design of a brassiere. Right. Uh, you, you wear looser clothing in all the other areas. Oh, good point. No, Well, yes and no. Everyone's wearing um, leggings these days, aren't they? Um Mind you, the, a, a woman's uh, breasts, if I'm allowed to use that term, um, uh, woman I mean, uh, not just breasts, uh, they do tend to go up and down in size uh, at various times of the month anyway. Oh. So I wonder how they're able to pick that it was, you know, particularly the uh, Pfizer medication as opposed to just a normal womanly thing that their chest or region had increased in size. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is what uh, Dr. Laura Esserman, uh, director of the University of California's Breast Care Center, right, uh, said women were confusing swollen lymph nodes uh, for signs of cancer as well, or and the uh, just confusing them as growth oh. because it's so the out towards it's under the chest but out towards the the shoulder if you like. Yes. So where there's swelling there, it would push the tissue around it away, which would push. Uh, some of the flesh forwards, which would give you the uh, the visual effect of them uh, being enlarged. Oh, interesting. And, of course, um, women uh, over 50 in Australia who require regular mammograms have been advised to either have a mammogram first or delay it until six weeks after the vaccination to avoid any confusion. I think that's a very important thing to tell. Go and get your your breasts um, squished in that in that mammogram machine and make sure that all is well with them 
because breast cancer is a very, very bad thing. Is there a number where they can sort of book the appointment? Is it like 1-800-MY-BOOBS or something? Um, I'm not entirely familiar with that particular number, I've got to say, but I'm sure uh, there is uh, a regular number that you could uh, go and, and do it. And uh, the Breast Cancer Foundation, isn't that um, uh, – there's a, there's a ribbon for that one. Is, is that the white ribbon? I believe. Pink ribbon. I believe pink, it's the, is that the pink oh. ribbon uh, McGrath Foundation? That's the one. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Go to the McGrath Foundation uh, uh, for, to our women listeners and, um, and make sure you get your boobs checked. Boys, the Australian government have announced they're going to spend a record $35 million to protect the koala. That's US dollars. Yes. So it's about Stop 500 billion Australian dollars. No. Uh, no, no, 50 million Australian, 35 million US. Oh, wow, gee, the rates okay. go back that a lot. sound like a lot of money. Over the next four years to boost the long-term protection and recovery of the koala population that was oh. announced by the Prime Minister of Australia. Oh, that's Did, nice. Didn't, didn't uh, uh, it wasn't the case that uh, during the last <clears throat> bout of uh, bushfires, yes. roughly... A billion uh, animals have passed away. Uh, died or burnt to death, yes, probably true. Yeah, Chris uh, 12 Bay. billion acres of uh, land across New South Wales, your, your, your gentleman's backyard. Oh, yeah. Uh, were laid waste by, uh, by the catastrophic bushfires. And so that sort of thing's obviously gone on in Victoria as well with uh, devastating bushfires over the years. I was trying to be sensitive. By, you know, I didn't want to say they were crispoed or something. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> now, uh, I was trying to find the right word, but I was about to cry too. So oh, you've got, oh. you got to give me latitude. All right, sorry. Koalas eat a variety of eucalypt leaves and a few other related tree species, including uh, uh, Lophostomon, Melaleuca, and Corymbia species. Oh. If you smell their breath, it's, it's really minty. Yeah, it is quite minty. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I've seen a drunk koala because they uh, they find a nice uh, tree with the leaves they love and they feast on it and they either uh, crawl back down the tree in a sort of rickety fashion or they have been known to fall out of the tree and stagger around for a while. Which doesn't really help the population a great deal either, frankly. I was camping up in northern Victoria once I saw one fall out of a tree and stagger around. Oh. But, uh, you do need to, and for our international uh, listeners, uh, they look cute and fluffy, but you do not attempt to go and pick up a koala. No, no, that's <laughs> true. In that circumstance, because uh, uh, when you see those claws close up, uh, they will rearrange your face and quickly. That's true. They're also uh, quite heavy. They've got a lot of mass. Mm. Well, they, let's face uh, it, all they do is eat all day. They're like pandas. They just sit there and eat all day. They fall out of a tree. And, and fall then, out of a tree. And, and, yeah, and another, if, they, uh, if they fall out of a tree and land on another koala, it could do some serious, serious damage. issue, gentlemen. Mm. Uh not just the fact that the bushfires have lain waste to a lot of their favourite trees. Mm -hmm. Koalas, filthy little mites that they are, mm -hmm. uh, their existence is being threatened by a recent spread of chlamydia. Correct. Isn't that worrying? A disease which can cause blindness and painful cysts in an animal's reproductive tract that may lead to, lead to infertility or even death. It's and uh, so scientists, part of that uh, 35 mil US is to come up with a uh, vaccine. So while we're sitting around having three jabs, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to get the jab uh, to stop spreading 
STDs amongst themselves. Dirty little buggers, aren't they? Um, I know. I mean, I've, I've heard ads on the television, uh, well, the radio or somewhere along the way about the chlamydia in uh, the female population of, well, of Australia. I haven't heard it too many other places in the world, but probably because I don't understand the lingo. Uh, but I would have thought there was a vaccine or some kind of um, protection for that. I'm going to have to study that now. Uh, mm. To see, you'd think they'd be able to use the new one. Uh, since about uh, since 2018, about 30% of Australia's koala population has been lost due to the uh, aforementioned bushfires, drought, land clearing, and of course chlamydia. Mm. Uh, and we can't afford to lose them. They are um, they've been uh, listed as vulnerable on the International Union for the Conservation of Nature's Red List, the IUCN. I still think the government isn't being generous enough to help the koala. It doesn't seem a lot, uh, does it? No, uh, and the, because when you compare it to another recent announcement to help the Great Barrier Reef, the money that they've allocated for that is extraordinary. That's it's in a billion. billion. Yeah, it's a billion. Right. Yeah. The, um, the IUCN says there are anywhere between 100,000 and half a million koalas in the wild, but the Australian Koala Foundation reckons there's only 58,000. I'd be a little bit suspicious of the uh, lower This is where this is what angers me because the people that are supposed to know uh, their subject mm -hmm. can't even agree on the figures. Yeah. That's just odd. I, I'm a, I'd be... I'd be a bit surprised if there was only 58,000 koalas left in the whole mm. country, I've got to say. Yeah, um, a, bit, a few more than that last time. Yeah, I, I yeah. wonder what they're basing that on. I think they, they go along and count a bit of po a koala poop in um, a square me uh, metre. I've uh, seen more in six months. I would have thought so. so, so and I live in the city. Yeah. million to develop a vaccine for chlamydia leaves 40 million for uh, uh, eucalypt seedlings. And I've just looked up the price currently, $2.75. And uh, per seedling, and if the government, uh, I imagine, would get a, a bit of a discount based on uh, a, a few million, a bulk buy, yeah, so two bucks. So uh, what's that? Forty million, uh, eighty million trees. Eighty million. Uh, uh, is already seed. doing an actuarial calculation. Yeah, of course, <laughs> hold them to this too. Uh, two two bucks uh, a seedling gives you twenty million uh, trees. That's going to go some way. I reckon towards... Well, not really, because you've got to, every every time you see one of those tree conservation programs, you see all those good souls out there, and they're kneeling in the ground, digging the little hole, putting the little plant into the thing, pouring a little bit of water around it, so that so, yeah. and then they bugger off. Well, he goes back and waters the buddy thing for the next, you know, fifty yeah, that's years. Right. But, but what and you who? also don't notice is they go plant three, keep two. Yes, so their true. private collection at home. Yes, and of the ones they plant. They walk away and the rabbits will come along and strip it. Yeah, half the, half the things have been gone within 10 minutes of them planting it. Anyway, they're having a go and that's what counts. But at least the government's doing something. Not much, in fairness. Bugger all, really. But they are having a bit of a go, which makes a change. Now, uh, North Carolina high schools uh, said recently that uh, a book checked out from its library in 1979 was recently returned in the mail oh. by a former student who apologised in a heartfelt letter. Now, guys, have you ever done something like that? No. No, oh, definitely I, not. I have. School and uh, didn't didn't return a book. I'd get a detention, so I didn't do much of that. Yeah, no, I didn't take much in the way of books out. I just used to go down to the library and have a look at the books in the library because... Um, it wasn't a bad-looking librarian. Okay. 
Well, no, I, I have to admit, I did. So you're a I, thief. Uh, I think it wasn't the book. It was I joined the violin club, right. and I got the violin. Went to about two lessons, and then I left the violin at home. And my mother said, maybe a decade later, "What's this thing doing? What's doing this here? Stradivarius doing in um, in your room?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Stradivarius. I've I, just had a look. It's worth twenty eight million dollars. So I went down and returned it in person. And did they? Uh, did they? Were they actually? They probably want. What the hell is this? Yeah, they said we didn't realise it was a missing. Yeah, that would surprise me. You were lucky, uh, Fishy, because and I see here where um, you know this this bloke took it uh, forty years ago. Well, back in um, I think it's about twenty nineteen or twenty twenty somewhere around there, a a Michigan woman um, realised that uh, she actually had a book, or that her son had taken a book out of the library and hadn't returned oh. it. I think it was for about a, a decade or so. Well, guess what was going to happen to her and possibly did? Big house. No. Yes. It turned out she was going for a promotion at work and uh, her boss uh, said to her, oh, yep, no, you're really good for the uh, job and all of that, but uh, you've got a uh, outstanding uh, arrest warrant. And she's gone, no, no way, no way. And he said, way. Uh, and when the, they, uh, uh, what was the subject matter of the book by? Uh, Safe cracking or something. So, something like that, I would imagine. Um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, Fair enough. Uh, oh, no, sorry, I tell a lie. Uh, she had copies of Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein and the Holocaust novel Night by Ellie Weasel. Um, and you know what was um, uh, quite ironic? Mm -hmm. When she went to the big house, mm -hmm. the library only had two books and it was those. Oh, wouldn't that drive you insane? <laughs> Oh, I anyway, getting back to our fellow. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, he was from Bandy's High School. Oh. And the high school said that uh, the, the book in question was titled Basic Clutches and Transmissions. Oh. It's, good. it's a good book. Great book. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I'm, I've, I've got that in my library. I've read it a few times. Really? <laughs> that's, a, that's a real page turner. When did uh, you oh, now, now, get this. Yes. P the name of the former student... Brett, get ready, mm -hmm. all red. Uh-huh. That's true. Oh, if only I had my sound effects. A former VHS student returned the overdue book, library book. Uh, the due date was February the 15th, 1979, and he accompanied the book with a very heartfelt letter that said um, things like, you know, I wrote this letter... Um, I was very sorry for taking the book 40 years ago uh, and uh, taking all that time to return it. And this is the quote, because I have potentially deprived a student or students of the education that uh, could be gained by this book. Oh, you can't argue with that. I mean, as I said, it's a page turner. It's a classic. Now, it is. A, well, to him it is because he says, it was one of my favourite books for several years as I was completely, uh, you ready? Yes. And enamoured. Oh, what a great word. By oh. the muscle, oh, sorry, by the muscle cars. Close. <laughs> uh, hot rods uh, beginning during this, uh, these years and lasting all my life, he wrote. Oh, well, he's not dead yet, though, is he? So it's not all of no, his he's life. Not. He's still got a bit of it left, I imagine. No, well, he, but he, he went his own uh, uh, successful HVAC business, HVAC business, which uh, for the uh, morons out there. Oh, that's me, because I've got no idea what so, that means. 
heating, ventilation and air conditioning. And in fact, he's the only uh, provider in North America who installs a free uh, automotive transmission in oh. every heating, ventilation and air conditioning that he installs. Oh, happy days. Isn't that incredible? So he actually made a success of himself. Because of that book. Yeah. But yet, so now, is, because the moral, it, is the moral, don't return books, keep them, because you never, especially if they become your favourite books, because they may, in fact, help you in a future vocation. Yes, but then when you go to do something in that future vocation, you might have an arrest warrant out, and next thing you know, you're off to the big house. Oops. Mm, so it's well worth thinking about. Well, that's about it for this week. Uh, everyone will be back for another in-depth look at the news stories from around the globe next week. And remember, make sure you tell your friends about uh, News Grubs and also don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you're right up to date with all of the uh, ones that come out every week. That didn't come out quite as well as I'd hoped, to be uh, perfectly honest. Anyway, we'll see you all again next week. Say goodbye, gentlemen. See you later. Thanks for listening to the News Grubs. We'll be back next week. 